It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. The best part about losing a baseball game? There's always another one right around the corner. Redemption opportunities are close. Clemson falls yesterday to ETSU to go to 7-1 on the season. But the renewal of the best rivalry in college baseball is two days away. It's Clemson and South Carolina starting Friday. We'll talk about it today on the Locked On Clemson Podcast. They're already in French field goal range. And Lawrence, thought one, dumps it over the middle. ETN in space. ETN, the 10, Reeves, touchdown, Tigers! A championship drive from the defending champs. This is Locked On Clemson. Matt Smith here with you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If it's orange, it's on. Locked On Clemson. Baseball, basketball, football, we're covering it all today. We have Dan Scott with us, longtime broadcaster a little bit later on, who was there to cover C.J. Spiller from the moment he stepped on campus. And we've been talking a little bit about the, uh, recently about the great players in Clemson history. C.J. Spiller near the top of that list. So we'll get some perspective from Dan Scott, who's now the voice of the Furman Paladins, but a longtime broadcaster in the upstate of South Carolina, covering Clemson from all angles in baseball, basketball, and football. And he was there at uh, the voice of uh, the Clemson Tigers, WCCP, when C.J. Spiller showed up on campus, hit the scene, and he was there as well to cover it as C.J. Spiller made his renewal to Clemson, returned for his senior season, and I think placed himself on the Mount Rushmore of Clemson running backs with that decision and what he did in his senior year there um, with the Tigers. But we'll do that in just a little bit. Right now, let's talk a little baseball. I'm excited about the upcoming rivalry weekend, uh, Clemson and South Carolina. Yes, Clemson did lose last night to East Tennessee State. Finally, Clemson pitching let them down a little bit. Now, look, it wasn't bad. Let's let's not go there. It wasn't bad. But Mac Anglin was touched up in each of the first two innings for a run in each of those innings. So, hey, for the first time, they didn't get a brilliant, dazzling start is all that happened. And ETSU got a 5-3 win. Now, the concern's still there for that Clemson offense. But how about this? Let's go. We'll, we'll, we'll do the kind of the compliment sandwich. How about the good news for Clemson? Despite that loss, the Tigers uh, pitching staff still – has an ERA at 1.23, okay? If the Tigers pitching staff were in the big leagues, they'd be the Cy Young front runner. Opposing batters are hitting just 189 against Clemson pitching right now, and the Tigers have fanned 102 opposing batters in 73 innings. Now, the bad news, the offense not producing. We talked about it yesterday, just three runs a game 
21 runs in seven games. Well, that was even before yesterday. What did Clemson do? They went up and put three runs again. That's not enough in college baseball, especially considering the way this Clemson team, the access it has to recruits. Monty Lee, brilliant offensive coach at the head of this staff. But right now the Tigers hitting just 243 as a team. All right, but back into that compliment sandwich. How about this? These three guys, Kier Meredith, he's hitting 444, got a 571 on base percentage. Elijah Henderson, yeah, didn't have a, didn't have much of a day yesterday, but still hitting 407 on the young season. He's slugging at 556 and Davis Sharp as advertised. 412 batting average, 529 slugging percentage. We talked to Monty Lee about what you do with this guy. And it was a fascinating answer. If you missed that, you can go back and listen to uh, yesterday's podcast, Locked on Clemson, when we had uh, Monty Lee with us on Sports Talk. And we dug in a little bit to the way he handles Davis Sharp and how that might change a little bit going forward if this team needs a little more punch in the lineup. Davis Sharp certainly supplied that yesterday. Uh, Kier Meredith went four for five yesterday. Sharp reached base four times, three singles and a hit by pitch. So, You've got really good production at the top of the lineup with guys like Meredith, Henderson, and Davis Sharp. But unfortunately, the bottom of the lineup is where Clemson's had all sorts of issues. Um, You know, Max Starbucks hitting 190. Sam Hall, the shortstop, hitting just a buck 30 right now. Dylan Brewer, they're trying to play him, you know, first base, uh, get him some looks uh, and some at-bats. He's hitting just 150. Bryce Teodosio out in the outfield, just 176. So, Those guys, Briar Hawkins, those guys just haven't picked it up yet. And so, you know, there's two ways to go here. Either those guys will pick it up or they're going to be replaced and those at-bats are going to go elsewhere. First of all, we need to discuss the injuries because with the big series coming up against South Carolina, where is this team? Can they get Sheldon Reed back? And will James Parker be available? Here's Monty Lee on the injuries to Reed, Parker, and their availability. We will not know uh, with Sheldon until Thursday. So we're going to get him. He will, uh, he will get uh, scanned uh, on Thursday. So don't know if we'll know that day or the following. We should know, you know, know later than Friday. Parker uh, took ground balls today during batting practice, took batting practice, felt good. Uh, so we will try to see uh, if we can progress him tomorrow to a more of a full practice. Uh, so, um, you know, but it, it'll be, again, day-to-day with him just to see how he feels and, um, you know, if, if he'll be ready to go. But he felt good, swung the back good in BP, looked good taking ground balls. We just got to see how he progresses tomorrow. And also, what was I just talking about? The offense struggling, the pitching being brilliant for Clemson right now. So, Where is this team big picture? That's the question posed to Monty Lee here. It's not just about that impressive record of 7-1, and but everybody knows the expectations for a program like Clemson. They want to host regionals. They want to play in super regionals. They want to advance to college World Series games. They want those opportunities. How do you get there? You've got to be consistent. You need to bully some people sometimes offensively. Right now, Clemson has not done that. But where the team is in terms of development to becoming that type of club and specifically what's going wrong at the plate. Big picture, uh, I feel like we're, we're pitching really well, um, you know, through eight games. And, you know, lineup-wise, we got to be better. Offensively, we got to be better. But, you know, my guys know that. I don't need to tell them that. They know, they know we need to be better. I think, you know, the big thing is, is we just got to relax and compete. 
I think uh, you know some of our guys are putting a little bit too much pressure on themselves. There's a, you know, the the, the guys are, are probably trying a little bit too hard, uh, you know, just because they're so aware, you know, that 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 we haven't been scoring enough runs for our pitching staff. Uh, but you know, it's it's just one of those things we'll talk about tomorrow. We just got to compete, relax, and compete. And um, you know, but big picture wise, I mean, we're sitting at seven one through eight games. I, I think it's too early to tell you know who we are or what we are. Um, and I think our guys probably understand that too. But the bottom line is, we got to keep getting better, keep working hard, and uh, we'll be excited about the opportunity to play again come Friday. And a real test ahead now for Clemson. Uh, I said it at the outset, the best rivalry in college baseball for a lot of different reasons. It brings ACC versus SEC. The way they handle it, going to a neutral site. And this this year, I know it's it's barely neutral, Segra Park. So Clemson fans, you've got to get out there and represent. But Segra Park, such a beautiful setting for baseball, home to the Columbia Fireflies down there in the state capitol. So this Gamecock series, what do they have and what can you learn by playing a team like the Gamecocks. Here's Monty Lee on the upcoming series. Well, it's, it's, it's great to play in a series like this. There's no doubt about that. And we know what it's going to be like on Friday night, uh, you know, in Founders Park. It's going to be, a, it's going to be a, a, about as competitive of an environment as, as the guys can play in. But that's why they chose to come to Clemson. I mean, you come to Clemson to play in the greatest rivalry in college baseball and play in, in big-time series against big-time opponents. So, you know, uh, they got some power arms. I know that. You know, they, they've, got, they've got three power arms that they'll run out there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, and um, they're physical. They're a physical lineup. Uh, they're very offensive. So they're going to they're gonna swing the bats. Uh, now I would say they're probably a little bit more of a power-oriented offense overall, but um, you know they're an improved team. You know they've got they've got a good team. So uh, you know we're, we've got a, a tough test ahead of us. We all know that, and uh, we'll start preparing for them tomorrow. And you can tell by you know Monty Lee the way he talks about it. He's excited. It's a lot of fun for him, and it's a lot of fun for us. Great series. If you like college baseball or you love your Clemson Tigers. Support this series. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It all starts at Founders Park, 7 o'clock Friday night, then a couple of afternoon games, one at Segra Park on Saturday in Columbia, and then back at Doug Kingsmore for a 2 o'clock first pitch on Sunday. It's going to be cool weather throughout. I expect pitching to dominate in this series, which means what? Great pitching leads to tight, low-scoring games. Bring the Rolades. Bring the Pepto-Bismol. I think these are going to be stomach-churning games that both clubs really want. And Clemson's got to get some production from the bottom half of that lineup. We'll continue to preview this series as we move forward. Right now, we're going to turn our attention to basketball. And we still have Dan Scott ahead on C.J. Spiller and the importance of Spiller to that Clemson football program. So basketball and football still ahead on your team Every day, if it's orange, it's on the Locked On Clemson Podcast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. 
It's our 29th win in a row. We scored 29 points. They didn't do anything tonight that I didn't already know. Unbelievable character and heart and a will to win. And that's the one thing I told them is they can prepare for what we do but not who we are. Our heart would win out in the end. 94-yard drive to win it. We got to stop right there. And let me just tell you, Ohio State was amazing. What an amazing team, an amazing challenge. But this football team tonight showed what the heart of a champion looks like. To win 29 in a row, you got to have something to you. And you saw what they're made of tonight. This is the Locked On Clemson podcast. We still have Dan Scott, longtime broadcaster, ahead with his thoughts on C.J. Spiller getting into the South Carolina Athletic Hall of Fame and where Spiller ranks among all-time great Clemson running backs. We'll get back to that feature when we get a little time, but right now we have so much happening with Clemson baseball and hoops. And, of course, last night, you probably know by now, the Tigers took their lumps against Georgia Tech. What a devastating loss because Clemson, after winning three in a row, all by double digits, including two on the road, one over Louisville, a top-five team, you really thought maybe this team had found itself. But such a devastating loss in terms of trying to get back the Hail Mary to get back into NCAA tournament contention. Now it really looks like Clemson's just hanging on for the NIT after losing last night. And what happened, it was kind of the same old story for Clemson. Uh, After setting a record, shooting 68.9% from the field, a record for Clemson in an ACC road game or a road game of any kind, 52% from behind the three-point arc. Then what happens? We talked about it, what they needed to avoid. The peaks and the valleys. Was this going to be a valley? And it absolutely was. Clemson shot. This is is almost laughable. Two of 20 from three-point range. And the Tigers continue to turn it over at a high rate. But, wow. Everything went wrong uh, in terms of the little things, the details. And that's what Brad Brownell and this club had been so good at over the last three games. But uh, Amir Sims did his part, 23 points, but Georgia Tech adjusted. They held Sims scoreless over the last 13.55, and really he was, for the most part, the only offensive option throughout the game. Clemson suffering 16 turnovers again, badly outplayed in the backcourt. But despite all that, they had their chances. Clemson trailed by just three with less than 10 minutes remaining. But a turnover... Curran Scott missed one of those 18 threes that Clemson uh, blew their opportunities with last night, and the Tigers fall. So that leaves them in a precarious position, but you march on, you move on. And here's Brad Brownell after the loss last night about what went wrong for Clemson and how they move forward. We, we just got outplayed. They, they played better um, on both ends. Um, Offensively, I thought they did a lot of good things that they're comfortable doing. Their guards are very good players and once again showed that um, they make big shots. Um, you know, defensively, they did a nice job of guarding us. They started in some zone. We, we were pretty good against the zone, and then they went man, and we had a hard time. We just – at different points in the game, we had a little bit of a rhythm, and other times we didn't. Um, credit to them. Uh, you know, we did not shoot the ball well from three. Uh, which is a problem for our team. Probably took a couple too many. 
Um, and then we've had we've had uh, we've had too many turnovers about the last three or four games, three out of four games, and it finally bit us today. Um, you know, we had them against BC, but we shot a great percentage, so we were able to overcome it. Tonight, we didn't play well enough to overcome that. And uh, again, a lot of credit to their coaches and players. I thought they were very well prepared and, and they just outplayed us today. We had a couple guys not play well and we're not, you know, we're really just not good enough um, to overcome that. You know, this is, we've had games like this where, uh, you know, Amir scored, Al was, Al was pretty good. Hunter Tyson gave us a lift off the bench, but um, Tevin, you know, Clyde and John struggled, uh, just not consistent. And that's too many guys. Um, that's just too many. Alex couldn't really get free. And when he did, he didn't make the shots tonight. First game all year for us where he hasn't made a shot. And uh, so, again, I think credit to that, to Georgia Tech. And uh, Clemson has to be better. Clemson does have to be better. And we'll see if they can rebound from this loss. Now, Again, we'll turn our focus on tomorrow's Locked on Clemson podcast back to the baseball series, and then we'll also start looking ahead to spring football and some of those position battles that are happening with Clemson. And we'll also return later in the week to our feature about the best players at each position. I laid it out. I've got the top three running backs in Clemson history as C.J. Spiller's one of them, certainly. Travis Etienne now and Terry Allen and we'll see what Dan Scott has to say. Again, longtime broadcaster. Now he is the voice of the Furman Paladins there in the upstate. But for many, many years, he worked covering Clemson, including throughout the career of C.J. Spiller. So Dan Scott, great perspective on history. We'll hear from him in our final segment on why C.J. Spiller still lives on in the hearts and memories of Clemson fans as he heads into the South Carolina Athletic Hall of Fame. This is your team every day. If it's orange, it's on. Locked On Clemson, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We've got Dan Scott with us now here on the Locked On Clemson podcast. And uh, Dan has a a great perspective on history uh, and and a real grasp of it. And Dan, I just wanted to bring you on to to talk about C.J. Spiller going into the South Carolina Athletic Hall of Fame. Why is it you think, not, not just his ability, but what is it that he seems to have a special place in the hearts and minds of Clemson fans and, and those that saw him play? I, I think the biggest thing, Matt, is, is he's a Hall of Fame person. Uh, and, and he was, it was evident that's the kind of of individual he was from the moment that he stepped on Furman's campus and really even, even before then. Uh, I am not a guy who gets into recruiting at all. I, I have this, this strange uh, idea that you judge a recruiting class uh, you know, after the guys have already cycled through their four or five years and, and then see how that class did. But even I, 
when uh, C.J. Spiller was announcing where he was going to play college football, even I broke ranks with my normal mode of operation and carried that press conference live on my talk show I was doing at Clemson at the time. And, and when he chose Clemson over Florida, that was considered to be a major league upset and a big get for Tommy Bowden at that time. And, of course, history proves that it was a big get. He came in and, and and was just like nothing that anybody had ever seen at Clemson for a generation. I mean, you got to go back to some guys you and I were talking about before we we started recording, uh, Terrence Flagler and, and and Terry Allen and some of those other guys. Uh, and, and I and and that's the kind of player he was. But I think the thing that sets him apart, as I said, as good of a player as C.J. Spiller was. He was also even better a person and still is today. Well, Dan, uh, I know you live in the upstate of South Carolina, and it must be a special place. Of course, I've, I've lived there for many years, too. But how many of these guys that come from other states end up in the upstate of South Carolina and then never leave or go off to play in the NFL? And where, where do they come back to make their home? Greenville, Spartanburg, Clemson. Yeah, well, let me tell you a little story about that. I think, as most people know, I'm at Furman now the director of broadcasting here and one of our players parents former players parents I was talking to kid graduated last season his parents had been coming down here for four years to watch them play they fell in love with the place this guy was the uh, director of ticketing for the Minnesota Vikings he's retiring at the end of his month they've already bought a house here they're moving to Greenville permanently just because they fell in love with the area during the four years they were coming down here to watch his son play baseball. I think you see that more and more and more with people who come from away from here, whether it's at Clemson or Furman or, or, or wherever, or even, even if they're just coming into town on business, this place has a way of capturing you. You know, I've been here for 21 years now. And when I first moved here, I thought, what in the world am I going to do in Clemson, South Carolina? We came from Cincinnati and now I've lived here longer than any place I've ever lived except for my hometown. It, it has a way of capturing you, and I, and I think you see that with uh, athletes and non-athletes alike. Traveler's Rest isn't bad either, is it? No, it's not. It, it's, a, it's a nice little place. Um, uh, I, I think you'll find small communities like that all through the upstate of South Carolina, and that's one of the endearing charms about it. And then, you know, you've got what downtown Greenville, has become and how it's continuing to grow and and uh, it, it's uh, it, it's an attractive destination for people. Well, Dan, you know I I think you hit everything that makes C.J. Spiller so special. But as a player, is he the best Clemson running back of all time? Uh, and, and if if not, I mean, is it Travis Etienne now? It seems like Clemson you could put an all time team together with guys that have played in the last four seasons there, but there were great players in the past. So just knowing what you know about the history of Clemson football, where do you think CJ Spiller ranks among those all those great players that that have come through there? Well, if you're talking specifically running backs, there's no question he's in the top five. He's probably in the top three, and and it, it, it's it's a subjective list, obviously, because you can. You can look at uh, a guy like Raymond Priester, who I think was the the leading ground gainer in, in school history before Travis Etienne passed him, uh, and, and you say, okay, is it just yardage gain? Well, Priester played in an area when they didn't, in an era when they didn't throw very much. Um, C.J. Spiller 
was as dangerous out of the backfield catching the ball as an all-purpose back as he was running the football. And you're kind of seeing the same thing with Travis Etienne now, who has just shattered records in in, in significantly less carries than those other guys. I, I think Spiller's definitely top three, and depending how you stack up the criteria, you might make an argument that he's the best to ever play there. But uh, that, that would be a fun conversation to have uh, over the course of a lot more time than we have right now. All right. Well, Dan, I, we'll let you go on this. I just want to ask you one baseball question. You know, college baseball, you get to see a lot of it. H- how much has it heartened you over the last, I don't know, decade or so that it's grown such in popularity because you would have watched college baseball or cared about it before ESPN was even putting it on television? Yeah, it, it to me, the, the watching how college baseball has grown ha- has been very, very exciting and and, you know what what you're seeing now is is television starting to put that that uh, financial investment into it not to the degree that they're doing with football and and basketball at the collegiate level obviously but you're seeing it more and more and with all of the the digital outlets and and every school now having the the ability to put their games on ESPN3 or some other digital platform I think the sport is growing, and, and what you're seeing with it now is that there are some growing pains. There, there, there's that that ongoing controversy with uh, getting college baseball a third full-time paid assistant, which legislation has been consistently voted down recently by the NCAA committee. Uh, that's one of the things that's kind of staying on the forefront, and it's gotten on the forefront because of the added exposure that college baseball has gotten. I love the fact that it's growing. I hope it continues to grow. And uh, I'd I'd love to see college baseball take its place alongside those other sports as major, major sports in the NCAA's eyes. Listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.